This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 497, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast is episode 497. Oh. <laughs> In my head at that point, I always hear uh, Beetlejuice saying, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I say it. Uh, I am Josh Flanagan, not Michael Keaton. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. Also not Michael Keaton. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> as, much as, I w- as much as I wish I was, I am I can not. see that. Yeah. I've read a great... Anyway. Uh, we are iFanboy. We, like, we all... See that? I pulled that tangent back from the edge. Hey, Connor's not here. That's no, Connor is not here. Yes. This is uh, our. This is the first time you and I have ever done a show together. Have you done a two-man show? Uh, well, you know, I don't want to brag, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done. I mean, Connor, I, I, th- I feel like at some point, I don't think the pick of the week show I've ever done a two-man show, because yeah. you, but we've done two-man, like, Explodes and stuff like that, movie stuff, whatever. So I don't know, but I don't think you and I have ever just talked comics for an hour just amongst ourselves. Well, I guess we're gonna listen. Yeah. I don't want you to worry because I do have some experience with this format. Oh, whew. okay. So we're there. We go. Uh, so we're I fanboy. We like comic books. Both of us. Connor is in. <laughs> Connor's in Germany. That's not a joke. I can't do a joke better than that. Connor's in Germany at a game convention. Yep. It's like it's like a very orderly San Diego, apparently. Uh, very, with with lo- with much more beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just beer, which is German for beer. <laughs> Hello, beautiful language. Hello. Every week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book. <laughs> Sometimes it's every single book of that series, uh, and we call that the pick of the week. And we'll talk about that book, other books, talk about some other stuff. Uh, maybe some mail. We're gonna have a good time. You, but there will be spoilers, so that's your warning. It's a review show. We're gonna talk about what's in them. You know that. So, Ron, let's go again. I, I you know, I, I wouldn't have done it if it didn't deserve it. I, I, I don't. I actually don't think that Airboy One was pick of the week. Now that I, it was. I think was it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. it's all three issues. Airboy so far, th- so so pick of the week this week is Airboy number three. Um, <laughs> and it, it is so far all three issues have been pick of the week. And um, the thing about it is, is that this is a really special series <laughs> for several reasons. <laughs> One is that um, just the absurdity of the content itself, right? Just yes. the, the, the meta, the meta textual, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, that, that's one piece of it. The other piece is that I really feel like it's it's Greg Hinkle's kind of introduction to the world. You know, even though he's done some other, he he kickstarted a graphic novel um, that he drew, and he's done some other stuff. But like this is his, you know, people are seeing what Greg Hinkle is capable capable of, and and it's pretty pretty damn good. It's a lot, yeah. Um, but then the 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 last piece of it is is that I just need to applaud James Robinson for probably taking taking the biggest risk in comics that I've read in years and being just brutally honest and personal with this. Mm-hmm. And it's the juxtaposition of the absurdity of the series tied in with the honesty and the, and the, you know, and just the, the, the realness of his own, him writing himself into the story. And then the fact that this is the only book that made me laugh out loud, like literally laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, it and I, when I got down to it, I was just like, I had, there was a couple contenders and we'll get, we'll get to, we'll get to the, the other contenders, but I was just like, I can, I can't not pick this because I can't think of anything that has made me think the way this series has made me think so far. I, I, I agree with all of the things that you've said. Yeah. I, I can't, the, the swing from, uh, really stupid Yep. to, Wow, you are saying that out loud. Yep. About a, a, a real thing. I mean, it's funny because I think um, we talk about this, like Rick Remender's work. We talk about that with his work. But there is a layer of metaphor in there with something like, say, uh, Deadly Class, which, which we're yep. going to talk about. Yep. Um, 
It doesn't matter. We're still like, oh, this is very honest. And he writes in the back how honest it is. But this is a step further because it's him saying the thing about him that is true. And then there's also, like, the guy shits himself. There's a huge <laughs> penis. There's, like, it goes all over the place. And well, that, well, <laughs> for some reason it works is, is yeah. my point. Well, that, and, and I think that was – the swing is what got me. So, like, in, in the middle of the book you have a so, – so, so for those who aren't reading this book or following along at home – Long story short, James Robinson, Greg Hinkle, writer, artist, have written themselves, written a comic about them getting an assignment to do an Airboy comic, which is an old character from the 40s who's in the public domain, and they take a bunch of drugs, and Airboy comes to life, and they hang out with him in San Francisco in the unfortunate uh, adventures of issue number two. And then, um, and then issue number three picks up where Airboy takes them to his dimension, to his world, and now they're in the middle of World War II in the 1940s, and they're with, and they meet Airboy's, you know, team and of like superhero, like kind of invaders esque characters, you know. And in the middle of it, James is drawn in their in their base. They have a morgue, and and James Robinson is drawn there, and they pull out a body in the morgue, and turns out it's a, a sh- soldier who is. James, like he's looking at himself dead. Like, yeah. Like, like I don't know why. I don't know why that dimensions James Robinson was alive in the forties. But that's not sh- the point. Yeah, that's not no, the point. I'm gonna push past that because yeah, I thought that and I thought stop thinking about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so he's looking at his dead body and finds the finds the picture of the the that dimensions James Robinson's sweetheart who happens to be the same woman that he's he was married to in in our continuity in our world and you get this like unbelievably honest and just gut-wrenching you know kind of talk from James about lamenting his mistakes and and losing his losing his wife and and all this sort of stuff and it was just really heavy really tear-jerking kind of stuff and then you turn the page and Greg is naked having sex with Airboy's girlfriend it wasn't until that point that I realized the color shift that had happened. Oh, I, oh I, yeah, the color shift's a I genius, just, yeah. Like yeah. It had been there, but I hadn't noticed it. So in the yeah. sort of first two issues in our world, quote-unquote, uh, everything was sort of this uh, monotone that was a sort of blue-white, uh, blue-green-white sort of thing. Yep. But when they get to Airboy's world, everything's in color. In the other book, Airboy was in color. But in this, I really, I remembered that they'd stayed that that sort of uh, yeah. monotone. Yeah, um, I mean, like, our world was dirty and monotone and whatever, and Airboy was bright and primary color. Now in his world, Airboy and all, the, all his other compatriots are all colorful, but Greg and James stayed that kind of, that bluish hue, you know, that green, blue-green hue. Um but I turn the page, and I mean, like, it, talk about a great turn page. Uh, page turn. I mean, it's like uh, Airboy and James walk into the locker room, and Airboy just goes, "Good God in heaven!" And James goes, "Oh fuck!" And he turned the page, and it's just a shot of them having sex, and and that was the point where I laughed out loud, and, and I did the Seinfeld <laughs> arms in the air, like, "Nope, this is it. I got to pick this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it was just great. It was just great. So yeah, I, I mean. I, I feel like I've said all the things that there are to say about it, and, yeah. and we, we're going to keep going over it, but it really is something special. And, and you know, the, you're seeing a lot of their ta- a lot of these two guys' talents <laughs> <Not that part. laughs> yeah. on, on display here, where, like, James Robinson is, he's, unfortunately, he's at his, I don't know if it's unfortunately, but he's at his best when he's just being as open and honest as possible, and yep. you know, you can you can see him do this on social media as well, yep. but n- not even to this extent, I don't think. Uh, not a, it um, sounds it sounds like he's off again. Yeah, well, he comes yeah. on and off, but like yeah. I've seen things like, oh, oh yeah. my, yeah. Um, I mean, James. I mean, we're lucky enough to know James Robinson personally. I mean, he lives he he, he at uh, he's for the past I, couple of years he's been here in San Francisco where I am, and I've hung out with him, and we've of course we've interviewed him, but we've hung out with him socially, and he is truly unique, and he is writing. Like it carries over into the book. Like there's not, and that's what I find so amazing yes. is that there's not, there's not much being held back with this book. It's that honesty that you just don't get in comics anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I think that uh, I don't actually, I don't actually know him. I've only shared some awkward on camera interviews. Yeah, when yeah. I say awkward, I mean they're literally my most awkward interviews I've ever done. Um, yeah. but, but, but but great television. Absolutely, and, and and I really like his work. But I think one of the things, in a bigger sense, one of the things that he's getting to here is that he felt, and I know that others have agreed that you know his work over the past however many years since his you know return to comics, I guess, has been lacking to some degree. Yeah, and 
I think there's definitely been really good stuff in there. I think there's been stuff that was disappointing. There's stuff that I read all the way through, and there's stuff that I didn't really bother with. Uh, it's been all over the place, really. Um, definitely hints of what it was that a lot of us fell in love with, with the Golden Age or with Starman or, or, or things like that. But uh, this is just like, okay, this is if that's what you really want, like, here you go. Look, here's my veins. I yeah. mean, like, it's – and it totally works. Yeah. <laughs> And and, um, and and this this issue even had that too. We're talking about his his thoughts about his career and what he does and all that sort of stuff. And oh, by the way, I just want to highlight and 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 um, uh, the the one page of them climbing into the building was great. Mm-hmm. The follow me page where they're following Airboy that was fan- like fantastic page page work by Greg Hinkle. I mean, in terms of storytelling, I mean, oh, yeah, totally. you know, like that was amazing. That that I, was. A- I- I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be completely honest about the thing that impressed me. Yep. On the <laughs> second to last page, the, the one after the fucking page. Yep. Uh, when Airboy punches Greg. Yep. And he goes backwards. And the way that he made his gigantic penis flop, I was yep. like, that's a good drawing. Yep. Say say what you will. I mean, and then they reprinted that page. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. So you, yeah. That panel. Yeah. So it re- I was like, you know what? If you're going to draw a giant penis in mid-fall, that's, that's really good. I couldn't help but know. How could you not notice? Right. <laughs> um, right. It's just it's it's uh it's a damn fine book. Yeah, it's just so so good. Uh, and it feels it feels like nothing else going on right now. And I, I mean, yeah, right. with the, with the, with the exception of like what Fingerman's doing with minimum wage, I can't think of anything that's honest that is as honest as this. Yeah, it is close to that. You know, like oh man, and it's just so absurd. It, and it's just so absurd and ridiculous. I didn't put that on this week because he went and he did a whole dream sequence issue, and I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. It was it wasn't as bad as I I was worried about, but yeah. But um, <laughs> I just hate dream sequences. Yeah. Oh God! Amazing. Anyway, yeah. So, Airboy yeah. number three. Will number four get picked the week? Will it happen? Will we get the first time an entire series gets picked of the week? Time will tell. Is it a four issues? Is it a? It's a four four issue miniseries. Four. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's yeah. That, I think that's just right. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you want it. But that said, I, I'm. I mean, so it ends on the cliffhanger of that now. Uh, James and Airboy's making James and Greg fight the Nazis, and so um, I like I want to see what happens. You know, like um. I want to see how they resolve it, so it should be interesting. But, um, but uh, the up to up to the point of reading Airboy number three, uh, the Wicked and the Divine number thirteen was uh, real close to getting pick of the week, like super close. Um, are you? You're not reading this, are you? No, I am. I've been oh, reading okay. it all along. Um, I I should point. And I be I'll be honest about this as I always have been. No idea <laughs> what is going on most of the time. Yeah. Mostly because, and I I get I get the broad strokes. I'm not yeah. totally lost. Um. But I don't think that I understand what the analogs are supposed to be. Some people have like sent me the links, and I don't know who the people are. Yeah, you know, well, like, yeah, like well, unless, unless, you, unless Kanye you, West. I was like, I know who Kanye West is. Unless you have a degree in theology, it's uh, I mean, it's it's interesting in that like in Kieran in the idea of of mapping gods to mm-hmm. pop stars, you know, Kieran's not limiting himself to just the Western notions of gods, you know, like sure. and, and which I thought was really interesting because this I, that was explored in this issue. I'm sorry. I would like to just clarify. I'm not lost on the gods part. <laughs> it's the pop stars I don't know. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. No, no. Um, I the gods I'm fine with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm not really. I mean, I I actually I haven't even paid any attention to who the pop stars are supposed to be. I just assumed like the Kanye one, whatever. Like that's you know that that's. I don't so, know but, which one that is. Well, uh, anyway, uh, we'll you talk don't about either, you don't know the names. Exactly. But there's but a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily I don't necessarily believe that the pop stars are meant to be real pop stars in our world. I think that's just a and I'll, yeah. talk to, I'll ask Karen about that. But I think um, it's helpful. But yeah. I, I think the, the point is, like, there's a lot of characters. Yeah. And and I have some trouble. And the one character who I had a uh, hold on. Yeah, the anchor for the series. She's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and I guess you pointed this issue was uh was a, a uh, I don't want to say fill in, but it was not. Well, Jamie. no, well, the, 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 yeah, the entire, this entire arc is all fill in artists while Jamie goes and draws phonogram. Right. Um, and so they've been, they've been changing the artist per, they have a different artist each issue. And this issue featured, uh, Tula Lute, uh, who did, oh, okay, that's who, she is. yeah, who did Supreme Blue Rose. And she, she's a superstar. And and that's really that's I mean that's really I mean what what almost made this pick of the week was that you know not, of course I love Jamie's art and Wicked Divine has been fantastic and whatever but but 
Tulate's art on this just blew me away. I mean, it was just it was just showed it was such a showcase of her talent and ability as an artist. And if you didn't read Supreme Blue Rose, hopefully after this you pick it up and go back and check it out because I just think she's immensely talented. What I did like about this, um, I, I like the art uh, I, I, just fine. Um, this was actually one of those. This is actually one of the easier sort of issues to follow along with. I yeah. I I got this one. It was actually pretty simple, and um, I don't know the way that it was. You know, there were like big panels, not a ton on every page. It was it was fairly easy to 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 digest. I guess like it was. It sort of was like big concepts as opposed to a lot of subtlety, yeah. which I think made it um, made it easier to to uh, digest um, than some of the other stuff, which tends to sometimes be a little like. You feel like you're missing something, right. I think. Um, so that was good. I liked it. Cool. Yeah, the, the whole, the, for those not reading it or if you care or whatever, but one of the pop stars, Tara, um, basically kills herself. And then you've got the whole social media kind of, you know, the the public, you know, or does, she doesn't kill herself, but she dies. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, and it focused yeah. on, yeah. It, it focused on like the fact that she really didn't want to be that and, and yeah. how... Like she'd had a hard time before she was a god, yeah. But then, then it showed like, like some of the social media backlash that she had to deal with, like yep. people just saying horrible things about her all the time, which um, we've all seen and and hopefully have not propagated, but I'm sure you have in some sense. Yeah. Um. I, I was it was really interesting about sort of what it means to be a celebrity now, especially if you're not like a super high high level celebrity, I guess. Right. Like just a guy. If you're just a, say that you're a comic book writer, just doing your work, yeah. you know, and you have to deal with. Tons of anonymous people saying horrible things about what you do. Yep, and try um, and trying and trying to be a good person, but really wrestling with who are you? You know, yeah. like uh, this idea of identity and all that sort of stuff. I think this is a really like it's a it's a, a nuanced thing um, that that is hard hard for people to understand, hard for people to relate to, to be honest. You know, because a lot of people, especially in, and I think that's that's kind of what Kieran is exploring in this kind of thing is that there are people who are who achieve fame in our society. And the people who are assigning that fame are creating notions in their head about who those people are, whether they are them or not. Mm. And I think that that's a really interesting concept. And that's a really, you know, and like, and, and then, and then forgetting the fact that these are people too, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's funny because uh, not to whatever a, a, away from comics, but to baseball, but uh, last week there's a hubbub, hubbub because one of the players on the Mets almost got traded and while the trade was happening, he was playing in the game, and he found out that he might be traded. And he's a 23-year-old kid who's been in the Mets organization since he was 15, and he like broke down and started crying oh, because wow. he didn't want to leave the team. Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. It was awful. Like it was just like, and so he's there on the field rubbing his eyes and like, and, and you know, and and this whole thing. And it, well, it was yeah, New Yorkers are, are sensitive to that. Kind oh of yeah, thing, no. Right? Now everybody loves him, and like, and because what it was really really awkward. The trade was was being discussed on social media during the game, but it wasn't official. So normally when a trade happens, they'll pull the player out of the game. But because it didn't get lo- it didn't get you know signed, sealed, delivered, and locked down, they never told the dugout to pull him. So the manager didn't know and left him in. Someone in the stands yelled to him, said, "Hey, good luck in Milwaukee." And that's how he found out. And so now he's playing the game, and then he goes out to bat, and the whole stadium gives him a standing ovation because they think they're saying goodbye to him. And he and he hasn't been told he's being traded, and he's sitting there, and, and he doesn't want to leave. Like the Mets are they're like fighting for first place. It's New York. Like he was tra- he would have been traded to Milwaukee, who were not in the in the in the playoff hunt and not a very good team in the, in Wisconsin, right? Well, that's awkward. Yeah, exactly. And so he starts tearing up, and everybody sees it. And um, and w- the lesson that came out of it is just that you know yeah we 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 put these people up on pedestals but they're just people like we're all the people we all have emotions and we all have you know and and you assign this weight of fame on people and it's hard I mean I know it's like oh poor you know poor famous people are having to deal with you know uh, oh, fuck the, that though yeah yeah no I mean like it's it's I mean it's it's tough it's tough so I, I like the humanizing of it you yeah know? so there you yeah. go. They should have. They should have. They should have moneyballed that. Send Brad Pitt in there. <laughs> well, well, the trade ended up not happening, and now he's still on the team. That's awkward. Yeah. 
It was great. It was no, it's fantastic because yeah. then the, then the next game he played, he hit the home run to win the game, and everybody went crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean it was. It's been. Now a, he's got to keep that up though. Well, yeah, yeah. It's been it a just real, set a precedent. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so weekend divide number thirteen was really, really good. Really, really good. So, so yeah. I was very surprised that you had Midnighter number three on here, and here not be, not because of you, but because I had for some reason throughout the week I had seen various people talking about this Midnighter series that I did not read because I did yeah. not care about reading it and uh i did not know the people who were doing it yep but i decided somebody uh, i literally like it was like a groundswell so i was like i should check this out yeah um that this this there's sort of one and done issues also so you could sort of easily pick up number number three how how did you come upon this Uh, exactly the same way as you i'm familiar with the writer steve rolando because he did undertow at image um which was a great series that the underwater pulpy kind of story um but I just been hearing people talking about it, you know. And like you saying, decided this week was the week you were going to start. Exactly. Look at that. That's Kismet right there. It is Kismet. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So what you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't think. My father-in-law think... uh, responds to questions about what he thought about food. How was how was the restaurant? Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I, I enjoyed the art. I thought the art was very good. I thought it told a self told a self contained story. I mean, it's it's midnighter. It felt right. You know, yeah. I, I got the sense of something else going on that I don't quite understand. Maybe I should go read the other first two issues. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, it was it was good. I have I have various thoughts on it. Okay. Um, one is that I think it was it was very well done and it was interesting. Okay, I think that it, um, it, it did a lot to capture the idea of Midnighter as a gay man in a relationship. Yep. Um, as opposed to just going, there's the thing. You know, that's the best I'd ever read. Besides that. Was I've always liked that at them as a couple, um, but Garth Ennis in the Kev books actually spent a lot of time on Midnighter. He was a big part of that book, um, and this felt like it was as as detailed, but not not quite the same take on him. I think, um, but they weren't shying away from who he is and what that meant. Like he was even at a club at one point, and I was like, "Is that okay?" But um, <laughs> so I liked it a lot, and I definitely see a lot of craft and stuff going on. Uh, he's a great character, by the way. Yeah, he, he, he is like a, a fun, solid, yeah, yep. fun superhero character. Yep. Um, it's it's like he's like the Punisher, but way more interesting to me. Yep, um, I, could see, I could see that. Uh, that being said, I don't think that I I loved it. Like like I like it was really good, but I'm like I'm not sure how much I'm actually enjoying this. Um, I'm gonna read a couple more. I'm probably go back and read one and two again. Yep. Um, and maybe that will tie it all together because you know I did start at number three. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I, I, but I thought it, I thought I thought the the praise was deserved. It wasn't, you know, it's not Watchmen, but it's uh, definitely. I, I'm going to read the next issue. I'm going to go back and read the first two, and uh, I, I'll, I'll, just because I like the character, and it's not, yeah. it's not uh, a bad version of the character. Let's it, put it. You that know way. what? I, DC is they're turning a the corner. There, there are parts of it that are, yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. but more, but more all the time. Yeah, yeah. For a little while, it was like there's these three books you should read, and just yeah. otherwise just go away. And now there yeah. definitely are. Little bits here and there, which are at least at least getting interesting. You know, whereas before, like their crime was just being boring. Yeah. Um, I think that is it. ACO. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce that that name. Echo. I don't know. It's a, the artist is is three letters. ACO. It, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the name is, but I yeah. think it is a case of I think that the layouts are very interesting, but uh, it, it's trying a little too hard. I think it's a little more complicated than it needs to be, uh, which sometimes is like trying to be impressive. Uh, yeah. I gravitate toward much simpler storytelling uh, with my panel layouts. Right. Uh, my preference of panel layouts. I am not an artist. Uh, <laughs> Dis- <laughs> disclaimer: You are not. Yeah, I am yeah. not. I'm not a comic book artist. But you know, like, it's 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 pretty interesting. It reminds me of um. Oh gosh, what's his name? The guy who did Green uh, Arrow with Jeff Lemire for such a uh, long time. Andrea Sorrentino. Mm, yeah, no. maybe. Yeah, maybe no? something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a little like that in terms of layout, I think, where it's very, um, very detailed, very well thought out and everything, but maybe just a bit much. Right. Anyway. All right, cool. Um, You're still on Darth Vader. I wasn't going to – I didn't include Darth Vader on my picks, but you added it because I thought maybe we were overdoing it on the Star Wars. That was my worry. I figured that with you and me. Yeah. um, Because Connor's out. Yeah, Connor's out. Although I feel like I feel like our interest is getting him curious. Oh, it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this is I I don't know how I feel about this book. Yeah. Like on the one hand, I like until we're talking about Darth Vader number eight, uh, by Kieran Gillen and oddly enough, the book that Salvador La Roca was born to draw. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I was, all of the things that I didn't like about him and everything else he's ever drawn. With this, I'm like, yeah, that works. That totally works. Yeah. Um, it's just the strangest book. It's, it's very odd. Because it's not really, I mean, at this point now, the book's almost not about Vader. Well, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's at the middle. He kind of shows up. Yeah. And, and, and all the things revolve around him. But we're really spending a lot of time with his, like, little cadre of, of uh, his, the girl and the, and the two killer droids and, and now the, the Wookiee. Right. Um, and then, but, I, I, you know, like, I, I'm a sucker for the fact that we're going to go back and, 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 like, he's going to have to, like, go head to head with Tag. Yeah, which I love. I do. I can't yep. not. I also, I also love like so. So the whole pro- the majority of this book was so his new. I don't know. Who, I don't even know what her name is. But it, it, Vader's little not lackey, but uh, employee. Spunky lady. Uh, spunky, spunky lady. Um, uh, she's leading a team of uh, uh, bounty hunters to do a heist to steal a, a shit ton of credits from the from the Imperials. And as I was reading it, there were the box. So they they pull off the heist, and there were the boxes of the credits, and they're like these little ingots. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And and for a moment, I was like, "What is this?" That that doesn't. But then I realized that when Han gets it, was leaving Yavin, boxes of them. Boxes of them. That was his reward, right? That's what he wanted. That's what he shall get. Yep. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a heist. Yep. She's kind of interesting she's like the most non-star warsy character yeah because she's sort of like she's neither good or bad she's sort of like a, like likes to go with the chaos of everything super capable um you know the droids are kind of a joke but it's kind of funny still so i'm fine with it i don't know i think one of the reasons that this book doesn't bother me is that i don't feel like this is stuff that we shouldn't be covering right if that makes sense like like i'm okay with like a lot of the stuff in in jason jason aaron's star wars book i'm like i don't feel like we should be doing this here Right, but with this one, I feel like all right, that's fine. Let's let's go with this. Yeah, Admiral Tanoth shows up, so that's awesome. Or yeah, it's Inspector. Was he at the table? Um, I don't. I, I think, think so. so. Oh, was he? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Inspector Tanoth. No, he's no, he was not at the table. I don't believe. I just like I like deep imperial. Yeah. Oh well. Hey, hey. The, you know, you know me about imperial facial hair. I know. Yeah, it's know. all good. So. so I was checking in, like I'm, I'm still reading it, and I get to the end of it, and I'm like, huh, yeah, huh. Yeah. I think I enjoyed that. I mean, I, honestly, I still, I mean, I, 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 I said it when it, the series when they came out. You know, I, I enjoyed Jason Aaron's Star Wars. I thought it was really good, but I said the, the, the sleeper hit or the, the steal the show was Vader from out of the gate, and it continues to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. job, Kieran Gillen. Well, look at you getting all the accolades this week. <laughs> so you like Deadly Class number fifteen? Yeah, I liked it fine. Yeah, this is—I—I'll I, be honest. This is not my favorite book that 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 Rick does. Yeah, it's real good, but I do—I have a—I have a hard time relating to it because it's pretty depressing and anarchic. Yeah, because um, I, I don't know. That. Yeah, it's for. very nihilistic. Yeah, yeah. and I'm—I'm I'm kind of like it's just—it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it can um, be. It's super soap opera y. Um, you know, he's, he's just sad and self-destructive and doing drugs all the time. And I'm, I have a hard time latching onto that. Right. Um, that being said, I, like, I like that it exists and that people like, uh, just to read the letters, you're like, oh, this is touching some people a lot. It's just not my experience. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Fun. And, and the thing is, is that it's, it's impossible to not marvel at Wes Craig. Absolutely. On a weekly basis. Joined this week by new regular colorist Jordan Boyd. Yeah, yeah. A uh, former former collaborator of mine yep. um, who has who has risen through the ranks and is, is on a bunch of stuff now. So, uh, great colorist. Yeah. I feel like this book is important for several reasons. Um, you know, and, and, and I know you said that it's not, uh, you know, it's not up your alley and it's not the sort of thing. And I think that what Wes Craig is doing on it is important and, and good. But I also think that the voice that what Rick is doing with the book is important as well. Um, Listen, it's 15 issues later. I felt like this since the beginning. I'm still reading it. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Not- and yeah, and we're close and he's close to wrapping up. I think this is the second to last issue of the first major arc of like the first, you know, like the the big first chunk of the story. And and it seems that's what he's doing with, with this book and Black, Black Science is like the first 16 issues of the first three or four trades are the ones that um, that, you know, kind of are that first chapter almost. Yeah. Um, but it, I, what I just find interesting about it is just that it it 
I mean, it, the, the premise is, is ridiculous, is the, the you know, school for assassins and all that sort of thing. But the, um, but the, the, the way it's handling emotions and the way it's handling the aggression, aggression and, and um, paranoia and all the things that come with being in high school, I think, are, you know, really make it well. And then finally, you know, Wes Craig, like the, the drug sequence when they're taking mushrooms, like that page – where, where, with the cartoony uh, guy running away from Reagan as an astronaut and stuff like that, like that, like it's little bits like that, and like the little uh, punch out, uh, they're playing uh, Mike Tyson's yep. punch out, little bits like that just make me, you know, like show that Wes Craig, you know, has got this great range, and it, it just, it just like it's this is comic book magic. That's that's why I like it. That's why I want to talk about it because it just, I don't know, I like. I it. like how there are no panel borders. Yeah, well, yeah, and in in a good way. Yeah, yeah, not not in a Brian Hitch way. No, no, not like that. Yeah, yeah. So no, I actually, and I, I think this, uh, the cover on this one is, is fantastic. Oh yeah, the covers have always been. I mean, everything about it, the, the double page, the, the title, the title spreads, the, the photos being taken during the basketball game, like little things like that, just little subtle touches that I feel like people might take for granted, are the things that I absolutely marvel at. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the two page drug sequence was fantastic. And you know me, I'm I'm not a drug person. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know that I can. I mean, I can I can say yeah. I see what you're saying that looks good. I'm just like, yeah. oh god, when is this over? Good, it's only yeah. one more page. Yeah, <laughs> I hate hallucination in dream sequences. That's just yeah. that's my thing. Yeah, I'm so. not going to apologize for it either. <laughs> All right. So is Ultimate End number four the last issue? I don't know. You know who needs to apologize? Who? <laughs> the people who made this book. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> so, oh, you don't you don't read it? No, I don't read. No, oh, god. no. It's horrible. I, I I I parted ways with the Ultimate Universe a long time ago. They no, lost me a long like, time ago because it's the end, and you were there at the beginning for so long. Like yeah. it's it's horrible. Yeah. So for three issues, there's been this thing going on that for some re- in Manhattan, uh, supposedly in uh, Miles Morales' world, uh, where everybody's come together from the six one six universe. I just hate that I'm even saying that now, <laughs> um, but it's easier. Uh, and 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 having the, like this, I don't. I'm not sure what's going on, but basically, there's this struggle where the two Tony Starks have gotten together and they're trying to fix things, and everybody else is is going after them. And it's going to be that the Ultimate People versus the versus the regular people, and it seemed to have no connection to Battle World. And then all of a sudden, like in the last like third of this book, we cut to Doom, and they're like, "There's pro this problem in the Manhattan area," and I was like, "Oh, come on." Yep. This does not feel like it was ever supposed to be part of this. He just didn't know what it was. Like, he wrote it earlier and didn't know that, like, we were going to have to deal with Doomstadt. And, and everybody, finally, everybody in the book itself starts referring to God Doom, just like they do in the other books. And it's from out of nowhere. So before where it didn't make sense, it was like, well, wait, isn't this part of Battle World where, you know, now they've tried to make it make sense and it's even worse. Great. But I don't know that I asked for that. I may have asked for that. So it might be my own fault. <laughs> such a, look at you ma- making yourself like blaming the victim it, well yeah well it's such a oh, i mean we followed these books for like, okay so this la- this week was the last week of the daily show right right and the daily show with john stewart started uh uh in 1999 the year that we graduated college and it just like occurred to me that um you know like oh that's my entire adult life basically <laughs> this, this, and this book is exactly the same yeah it's true, yeah. And so, to watch it, I mean, to the work that Brian Bendis and his various excellent artists did on this, right? Uh, and mostly him, to be honest. I don't, I don't really, I don't feel a lot of uh, a lot of affection for a lot of the other stuff. But to watch it sort of peter out like this, it's just so it's sad. It's really sad. It's, yeah. it's really, it's disappointing. Yeah. And and I and I think that that's why I kind of feel it because this was that, that book was a big deal. Yep. Uh, you know, that was the, that was, it's, it was really good to read Spider-Man for years and, 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 you know, Bendis did some great work and we met a lot of great, you know, I don't love Bagley all that much these days. Um, but we, you know, he, he did his part and those were good issues. And then, you know, there were a lot of great artists who came up through there. Uh, um, David Marquez and, and, um, La Fuente Eminem. Yep. And yeah. Sarah. Pacelli. Yep. Sarah Pacelli. Exactly. Um, and like, you know, now Bagley came back for this sort of quote, unquote quote story. Yep. <laughs> and like at the end, there's literally like a two page spread of all of the heroes of each universe on, on either side. And they're going at each other. 
and is my least favorite kind of comic book two-page spread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where they kind of look like they're stacked up on bleachers, like so half of them are like stand in that in that pose where they have both arms. Out. We took a we took a picture like that at the con once. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like just spatially, I I don't I don't like it. Um, so it's 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 not even like it's the worst comic. It's just kind of a bummer. Right. Um, and, and that's sad. why I keep talking about it because I'm trying to work out my feelings on it. That's uh, all right. You'll be okay. All right. All right. Every <laughs> issue. Is what's gonna <laughs> well, in case you're worried about whether or not Josh is going to be okay, you can help us out. <laughs> Go to ifanboy.com slash support uh, where you can find all the various ways you can help to make sure Josh gets the uh, the, the attention he needs. I uh, need money. <laughs> um, you can, uh, the easiest and simplest way for you to help out iFanboy is just click on the link to go to Amazon for myfanboy.com support and make any purchases on Amazon. You know you love Amazon. You buy all the stuff there. Everyone does. It's fantastic. It's it's uh, it's the, the 21st century uh, retail outlet. Uh, you click on that link. We get a little cut of your sales. You don't have to pay a cent. Amazon pays us. We they deliver it. on Sundays. It's amazing. I don't um, want them to. I tried to. They're like, this is coming on Sunday. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. Try to move it around. Um, if you don't like Amazon and you want to help us out um, in a more direct way, you can sign up uh, at ifanboy.com support to become a member for three bucks a month to thirty dollars a year. We thank everybody who has done that, and uh, or you can make a direct donation. Just say, hey, I want to throw twenty bucks your way. Thanks, thanks for the entertainment. Um, we try not to, you know, bug you guys that much, but you know, we do, you know, got to pay for the servers and all that stuff, uh, and so it does help. Uh, so ifanboy.com support. Four hundred ninety-seven episodes. You know, <laughs> know what Ron has been doing. <laughs> You people, I, I just, I want, I want to make this clear. Ron, our, the place where we hosted our video shows is going out of business. <laughs> so Ron has gone back. How many are there? 380? Four, no, 400. With the minis, it's like 400 and something. He's moving all of the, all of the episodes that weren't on YouTube over to YouTube manually. <laughs> so don't think that there's not, oh, they don't do the website and the video show anymore. Uh, there's a lot no. going on. <laughs> there's stuff, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, so thank you for everyone who supported us, and uh, we thank everybody who's thinking about it and who pulls the trigger. So, yeah, all right. Uh, so we got a couple more to pl- to plow through here. Uh, this damned band number one. What is this? You know what Josh? this is? No, I have no idea what it is. This is Paul Cornell. Okay. Doing the first issue of a new series for Dark Horse. Wow. About a Spinal Tap like rock band in the seventies. Wow. Who? Are sort of on their downward decline, uh, bigger, b- better than Spinal Tap was. Okay. Who have been feigning worshiping the devil the whole time, and then at the end of the issue, they meet the devil. Oh. And he's like, "Yeah, you owe me." Oh. That's interesting. That's a clever uh, approach. Yeah, yeah. He uh, actually he says he's his biggest fan, but the the, the implied thing is there that they've sort of they, and they've been playing it up like in the media all along, like, "Oh yeah, we're no." You know, he's our dark lord and blah. Like, they they played it fully out. Uh, and then, like, you see them literally, like, we're seeing it through a, a camera. Like, you're like as if you're watching fo- uh, documentary footage, you know? Yeah. And then the camera, like, drops and, and he, he's like, is that enough? Okay, good. I got to get back. You know, like, it's, they play to the public as if they really are Satan worshippers. Um, but then they're they're not. And, that's a that's a very clever premise. Yeah, the personalities of the band are really interesting. It's, it's the kind of book that... Uh, even if there wasn't the Satan thing, uh, yeah. I would totally be like, I would read this. Cool. Um, but it's it's a pretty good first issue. Uh, right. I enjoyed it. I will check that out. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Uh, yeah. If you, you know what? Uh, Dark Horse has been, we're going to talk about another one, but Dark Horse has been putting a few things together over there. Like, well, we're not going to do Star Wars books. We're going we to do something. Yeah, good for them. Well, of course they have to, yeah. so you do something. Um, so in Akin to Midnighter number three, I also checked out Omega Men number three. Yeah, because uh, that's another book I heard people talking about, and I dug that as well. Yeah, I, I have actually been reading this all along, but I know I, I couldn't figure out what I couldn't figure out a kind of what was going on in the first two, or what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, but I'm sticking with it because it's definitely a thing going on here that I like. Yeah, um, me too. I thought the art on this was really good as well. This is from Tom King, uh, and I'm waiting for it to open up again so I can tell you the artist. Um, Bagenda. Bag end. It's a Hobbit thing. <laughs> can't. It really doesn't take much to make us laugh. <laughs> Bag end to Overhill. Underhill. Damn it. Cool. Um, so I'm not sure how this relates to DC. I know that uh, Kyle Rayner is in it for some reason, and there's Omega people, which is something to do with the, the fourth world. 
Kirby's thing. Uh, Barnaby Bagenda. <laughs> Just, that's fantastic. The, that's a great name, but it's 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 dwarfed by uh, colorist Romulo Farhado Jr. <laughs> Romulo. These are great <laughs> names. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I, the thing here that I like is that it's mostly, not most, a lot of this is split into nine panel grids of fighting. Okay. It's it's like this, uh, I, th- I think uh, Tom King actually said something along the lines of it's like a, a Jim Steranko tribute on on those sort of things. Um, it's really fun storytelling throughout this whole thing, and the art's the art's pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, colorist and, and layouts all put together. Um, there's a nice little twist near the end of this thing that I'm really interested in. I actually, the scenes with Kyle Rayner are good because you're like, oh, I know him, right. you know, and, and he's just hanging out like basically he's a prisoner and he's drawing. That's what he does. Yeah, I, th- I thought that, that was interesting. I thought that was a ni- that, that was a nice uh, callback to the p- character's previous history and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Did you like it? You're good. Yeah, I liked it. I'm I'm on board. I'm totally on board. Cool. We go back, read the first two. I'm gonna stay with it. So. so again, you know, interesting stuff at DC. Yeah. Make sure that we 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 bring that up because yeah. we were, we were fairly hard on them. Yeah. So I I, I um, yeah we we kind of were. Um, I wanted to bring up We Stand on Guard number two for one reason and one reason alone, and uh, the amazing talents of Steve Scroach drawing large vehicles. He is good at that. Holy cow! The holy cow! Wow! Good stuff. Uh, Story wise, it doesn't. I'm not there yet. Not there yet. No. Yeah, I'm waiting for. It's... I'm waiting for the 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 BKV reveal. You know. Yeah, it's super interesting in terms of an overall concept yeah i mean well, like i haven't like, i haven't it hasn't grabbed me yet well yeah. i mean the thing is like what if present day america and canada went to war right okay that's really interesting and america would totally run roughshod over them yeah which is what happens but you know they've you know indomitable spirit yep and all that um so i i do want to know where it goes i'm not fully uh fully invested in it I picked up uh, Creepy, I think it's Creepy Quarterly, but I'm not sure, uh, Creepy number 21 from Dark Horse this week, because um, Jeff Parker was doing a short story in there with Sandy Jarrell. Um, they did a, uh, they did a uh, um, graphic novel, Meteor Man, I think it was called, a little while back. I read, yeah. I liked it. Um, so this is just a short story. Um, and I, I, Creepy, you may remember from um, the old days, basically. Of course, just, it's like the a little, EC, the old, old EC. Yeah, little yeah. horror anthology. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is a black and white book. Wow. And there's three stories in it. Um, one of them is this new uh, Jeff Parker story, which was totally done in the vein of an old school, creepy EC book. Yep. Um, there's a one pager from uh, Peter Bag. Um, and then there's a, a, a who is it? Um, Archie Goodwin, Gene Colan story from the 60s. Okay. 1965 in here. This was super fun. Cool. I really enjoyed this sort of like old school anthology mixed in with um you know some new stuff and some old stuff just done in black and white super simple um you know wouldn't want to read it all the time but but dipping into this kind of thing is really fun uh, just to remember sort of what comics were what comics can be yeah. what the stuff you can do with them it's really fun Cool, and uh, a last-minute ad. I wanted to talk. I wanted to highlight Savage Dragon number two hundred five. Uh, yes, Eric Larson is still doing it, but uh, I love when there's little experiments or little uh, play with the format goes on. And with this issue, uh, he did a repetitive layout where he had a single vertical character uh, speaking on the on the edge of the page, and then uh, next to stacked rect- five rectangle panels. For the entire mm-hmm. book, for the entire book, mm. and that that I, I just like little exercises like that, like when you're you're challenging your storytelling, and it worked in a great way. Each character that got the full character shot was beginning the 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 two page spread of the story at that point, you know, in in a way that drew you in, and then you and then you almost fall down the panels. Like it's it's interesting how how it made your eye move on the page, and I just like little exercises like that, and it's fun that Larson is just having fun uh, making making comics that way. So it's good that he didn't put the stacked panels on the left because I would have to call foul. Well, yes, of course. So. Anyway, so those are the books that we read and enjoyed this week. Uh, so good, good books of them all. Um, on to the email, and this one is a uh, this one is a heady email, and it's going to be a long read. So bear with us. But uh, Con- uh, Connor actually thought it was worth do- discussing, and I was kind of curious what Josh's opinion would be. Um, so that's why we're going to talk about it. All right, okay. you you, you, co- you comfy, Josh? You ready for this? Yeah, you're going to read this. I'm going to read it. All right, I will try not to zone out like I did when you talked about baseball. Okay. 
Clint from Las Vegas writes in and says, I was perusing back issues at a, at a con, um, and I came across a bundle package of crossed Badlands. The owner had issues 1 through 40 for $30, so I picked it up. I usually enjoy Ennis and Burroughs as a great artist, but for some reason, this title never jumped out at me. I had a basic idea of the premise. People infected with a virus turns them into killers or zombies. People have to survive the apocalypse, etc., etc. I've been over the zombie craze for a while, but it was a good deal, and I figured I'd give it a shot. Wow, this book is an assault on the senses. I consider, I consider myself pretty open to a lot, but I was shocked by the content of this. The brutality, the gore, the rampant sexual assault on both men and women were more than my constitution could handle. I looked up the title to see where it's at, and they just released issue number 82. So there's obviously, obviously an audience that enjoys this. There are numerous examples of creators in all mediums using shocking images and topics to inspire conversation. Is this what Ennis is trying to do with these books? Is the crossed virus an allegory for humanity's loss of innocence and overall hopelessness in society's ability to save itself? Do you feel that there is any level of content that is too far for comics, even with an adults-only rating? Does slapping an adults-only rating on the cover give the writer and artist carte blanche to publish anything they feel that will be purchased by the consumer? Are comics any different from any other medium since its origins were fundamentally rooted in targeting a younger audience? I'm not trying to start a conversation on constitutional law. I realize that creators have the right to make That's anything good. they want. I'm asking if you feel there's a line. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just first thing right away, yep. the plural of media, uh, medium is media. Uh, besides that, <laughs> just – sorry. <laughs> okay. A couple of things. Uh, people listening home that – uh, who listen to me know that Garth Ennis is, I'm going to go ahead and say he's my favorite comic book writer. I yeah. think after all this time we've been doing this overall. So that being said, I don't read everything he's ever done. Never read this. I, I sort of got that it was going to be a thing that was not for me. Right. Um, which is totally part of a bit of a bias against Avatar, but only because historically I've never liked anything from Avatar I've ever read. Right. Regardless of who is doing it. I just have one issue that Warren Ellis did once. That's it. Um, so that being said, I haven't read it, but I get the sense that it's like a it's like a Saw kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's like a Saw, Walking Dead, um, a little post-apocalyptic. I mean, it's definitely. Uh, I, I've never read it either. I mean, it's it's one of those books that I'm aware of. I know I have friends who read it and love it. I have I. Um, but it's definitely on the more uh, shocking, depraved. Holy shit! I can't yeah. believe they did that. You know, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't like horror movies. I don't yeah. like. I don't like that stuff. I did, I stopped reading the boys. I was like, this is too too much. Yeah, it was. And I'm actually. I'm, I'm gonna go back and read that because I have a feeling it's there. I just didn't get to it. Yeah. Whatever it was, I want out of something. Because I feel. I feel like the boys is up your alley because it's postmodern superhero deconstruction. Yeah, but I've also had a lot of that. You have, but you do like it. But you 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 eat that mm. up with a with a spoon. Well, let's not. I mean, I, I did. I'm kind of like, okay, we solved that. Yeah. I yeah. think that I think Joe Casey's sex book solved that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I literally think that's like, okay, that's the last word. Well, that well that that's actually a good. That's another sex is a, is another book that has a lot of shock value in it. There is a sense of humor to it. Yeah. It's very subtle, and I, I mean, I, I hate right. I hate that we keep doing this. Like, I know Joe, and I can hear it. <laughs> like, like that's his sense of humor, and if you've been a, a follow, also not even just if you've been a follower of that guy's work for a long time, I guess just it's perfect distillation of his comic book, his take on superheroes and comic books. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a different thing. So that's I think where we're both at with that. Now, uh, now we have the ticket for the Eddie Murphy show. Sorry, <laughs> why? I because I, I watched it recently. <laughs> Very All funny. Right. Um. I just want to point out Eddie Murphy took down Bill Cosby 30 years ago. Yep. Um, not for that thing, but still. <laughs> um, oh, wow, that threw me off. Uh, <laughs> it really now, did. <laughs> I mean, the other question is, so is, is there a line? Um, and no. Yeah. I am very much a libertarian when it comes to content. I think that I can only talk for the U.S. You know, we have, we have freedom of speech. Um, you can say anything, and in this one way, the market does kind of decide, or at least the 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 public decides. And if you know what you say, will 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 make or break you, right? And, and if it, unfortunately the side effect of that is, if what you have to say is awful, uh, and, but everybody likes it, then then that's what it is, and and I think that's the cost of it. But I don't, 
I don't think there's a, I, I mean, there's a content line, like you shouldn't sell some stuff to kids or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't, I think that I, I think there is a personal line that we all draw. Yes. That is, that is tied in with our interest and our tolerance and whatever it is that, that, that makes us decide what we want to read and what we want to buy at the comic book store and all that sort of stuff. I think that there is a line legally when it comes to um, selling to minors and all that sort of stuff. Like don't, you know, don't, don't package up an Archie looking like comic and, and have it be f- filled with anal sex. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah, you yeah. know, like graphic, you know, like nothing, there's nothing wrong with anal sex. I'm just saying with like graphic sexual imagery and then market it to kids like Joe Camel, like that sort of thing. I think that that's, that's that, different. I mean, I mean, yeah. Okay, child pornography. Okay, there's right. your line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, child pornography. <laughs> I'm going to walk that, what I said back, just a little bit. And go with child pornography is the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that in between all that, I feel as if creators. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why why we live in. I mean, why we love the country we love we live in, and what we. Well, I'll leave that alone. But I'm just saying. But like the the freedom of speech and. He's gonna and, walk that back. I'm gonna walk that back a little. But I'm just saying that creators have the ability to say and do whatever they want. And I think that in the most recent years with, the, with your sagas and your sex criminals and your, and, and, you know, some of the stuff Rick's done in, in, in deadly class and things like that, you've, you've seen a lot of boundaries being pushed when in terms of sex, in terms of drugs, in terms of, you know, um, visualization. And the question for me always, the line where I draw is that does it serve the story or not? Sure. You know, yeah, like I, it's almost like a, a rebirth of this is, I think what people saw in the sixties. Yes. Yeah. With the comics, with an X, you know, the underground scene, the, your, your crumbs, your, your uh, fabulous furry brothers, or whatever it was called. Yep. You know, it's, it's a lot like that. It's just that you're able to actually do that more of a mainstream thing now. And, and again, uh, oddly enough, Alan Moore was kind of right. He was, uh, you know, his Lost Girl stuff, he talked about this a lot. And that was sort of a precursor to a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. Like, there has, to be a, there has to be a story and a reason. Right. And and that said, I mean, like, like I said, you know, Crossed isn't for me. I don't I don't buy it. I don't particularly enjoy that kind of thing. I don't like the Saw movies either. I don't like torture porn and, and all that sort of stuff. But I have friends who, who love it, mm-hmm. who literally cannot wait, you know, like. And they're not sociopaths. Right. Exactly. No, they're totally normal, cool people. You know, like I've I mean, uh, Tarot is another is another book that that uh, gets maligned. Uh, Jim Balance, very overly sexualized. I think I've got friends who love that book who can't wait for it to come out. You know, that's awesome. I'm I'm a fan of Dave Sim. That is someone who is gotten a lot of bad rap for some of the stuff he's done or, or written about or stuff like that. A lot of his stuff is I love it. And, I, and I'm in the minority there. But I have the ability to make that choice. And I'm glad that choice is there for us to make. And, you know, and also never, ever has there been a time where people are more accountable for their actions or missteps. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. So not even allowed to make a mistake. So, you know choose what you do pretty well and and you know if your audience finds you but i I don't know like it's i think it's totally fine i'm totally uncomfortable with all the things that you're talking about and this is from a guy who i profess to be my favorite writer yeah we're talking about cross so um there's you know the line is child pornography but other than that i'm sure there are other things (laughs) other than that anything goes (laughs) yeah but you know like it has to it it has to for me to want it there has to have some value to it it has to serve the story. It has to serve a purpose. It has to serve, you know, like it has to be, I mean, for me, it's got to be compelling. And like the thing is, Crossed, Garth Ennis is one of the best writers. I'm sure it's written very well. I'm sure it's done in a way that is, that is you know, you know, uh, worthy of being published, but it's just not for me. The content is just not for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Garth Ennis isn't the type of person to do something just like, I don't get the sense that he's there giggling, well, I don't know, but giggling over the fact like, oh, I can't, I can't believe they, they let me do this, you know? Like, I can't pin that guy down. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't do it, which I think is one of the things that I find so interesting about his work. Yeah. Like, it's it's so crass on one hand, which is what people who know him sort of on a surface level think, but there's always something else going on. Yeah. We were talking about Kev earlier. Kev is like, this is a whole undercurrent of a like a soldier who's trying to come to terms with his uh, homophobia. Oh wow! That's what all. That's what Kev is about. Wow! And like who he is, and he he was a professional killer, and he spends all this time with Midnighter, and he spends the whole time being a horrible homophobic prick to him, and very slowly, like over the course of years of this story, just being like, ah, I guess he's yeah. all right. 
Interesting. It, yeah. It, like, so I, you know, I can't help but wonder if there's something in it, but maybe, you know, like, you know, Ennis is, maybe he's just doing this as, as, um, as grindhouse as, yeah, you know, sensory overload, which, you know, is, a, is, is valid. Yeah. I suppose. Totally. I'm not, I'm totally not going to read it though. <laughs> All right. I'm not. There's no yeah. reason to. Yeah. Well, g- great question though, and so we want to thank uh, want to thank Clint from Vegas for writing in with that question. And if you've got questions uh, like that you'd like to hear us talk about, like to hear us wrestle with uh, morality, uh, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And in your email or voicemail, tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, for those voicemails, try to keep it to about thirty seconds. Cool. So, um, so another superhero movie came out. Did it? Yeah, it did. Uh, Fantastic Four hit theaters, and uh, I gotta tell you, so uh, I, I I took one for the team. I went to go see it uh, opening night. Uh, I had lined up a guest to talk to me about the movie, <laughs> and I felt so bad after seeing it. I told that guest, "Listen, just don't, don't even, don't, just don't, just forget the whole thing. Just forget it." Um, luckily enough, our good friend Jeff Kanata, uh, from We Have Concerns and a whole bunch of other great podcasts. Because uh, he was going anyway. He had already seen it. Like, that that was the thing. Like, Jeff had already seen it. I'm like, okay, the damage had been done. So, uh, so Jeff okay, – let's just, just say, for example, that you say you had seen it Thursday afternoon. Yep. And I was all set to go out that night. Would you Would you have called me? No, no, because it would have been you fun to talk. Yeah, I would have made you go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But anyway, so, what kind of? Well, okay, I, I don't want to take it away from the show for you. We'll have to talk about this later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so go back, go back on the feed. You can hear me and Jeff Kanata talking about Fantastic Four and the uh, utter train wreck that it was. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're and, not gonna we're not gonna be that show. No, yeah. Who's like? No, no. It was, here's the thing of value. No, no, nothing of value. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, and also coming up, we've got episode 500 is looming on the horizon, which is just crazy. Um, and normally we celebrate the, uh, the centennial episodes with the big, uh, to do, but this time around, we're not going to, cause we're going to be busy that weekend. Uh, instead episode 501 is going to be a, 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 all live, all email episode. So if you want to get in on that episode, shoot us an email at contactifanboy.com. Ask us anything. Make sure you put 501 in your, in the subject line so we can flag it and it's gonna be a lot of fun and you can we'll have more details probably next week or the week after about the live details of where you can tune into to check that out oh you would find those details at ifanboy.com that's where they will show up uh you can comment on this show you can look for that stuff you can go back and watch old video shows ah let's vintage we'll call them uh you can (laughs) listen to uh previous audio podcasts there's lots of say that you were wondering like oh boy i really like their take on this horrible comic movie what did they think about jonah hex ghost rider punisher the wolverine movie um they're all there what was the really bad one was it punisher was that the worst one i think punisher was the one where i apologized green lantern oh boy that was the worst one and that's the thing is that fantastic four come is i put in the same category as green lantern I think. See, I think Green Lantern was bad because it was boring, and that's why Fantastic Four is was bad. Interesting. It was. It, it was not bad. Like it wasn't like Roger Corman bad, like bad mm-hmm. production values or anything like that. It was just so mediocre and so oh. un- uninspired. Yeah, that's hard to. That's hard to yeah. even talk about. Yeah, that's. Oh, it's wrong. Oh, I because at least with Punisher, you could be like, "What the fuck?" Was yeah, that? I mean, and like, and Ghost Rider was like, like, like was. Yeah. There was some batshit crazy stuff in it. Like, give me, give me bad crazy over bad boring. That's what I, you sure. know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I don't want either, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you can also uh, follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and uh, twitter.com slash ifanboy where you can uh, you can see what the pick of the week is, for example, before the show comes out. Um, or you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, CSGO Patrick, and Ron XO. Yes. And if you like what we're doing, please, by all means, go to iTunes and write a review or any other podcast. There's a, have you fa- I realize there's a bunch of other podcast things out there that people absorb the shows with. Like the, Apparently, the there was a problem on and, one of them this week, yeah. and I was like, "Ron, do we do we have anything to do with this?" And, and, and I don't know. No, I said I know. I took care of it, but um, that was sure. actually my fault. Sorry. But anyway, write a review about us wherever you can. Tell everyone, uh, spread the word about iFanboy. We appreciate everybody who lets uh, other folks know about us. Did you verify the feed? I, I did verify the feed. I did. Um, I just had the wrong date in it. That's what it was. So, but it verified still. So, oh, that's that's not your fault. That's it, that's the verification fault. Well, no, well, hey, we'll get into it later. But anyway, but we, no, pre- we should do it now. Everyone <laughs> should have to hear. It. You know what? If you're going to be held accountable, 
Um, no, but we appreciate everybody. It's amazing that te- nearly 10 years into doing this, our numbers keep going up every week, which is just crazy. So uh, out of podcasts. we want to thank everybody. Um, so, yeah, so that's it. So, Josh, we survived the two-man show. I think we did all I right. Like, I feel like that comment was just for the old around comics guys. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Just, who aren't like, listening? Bragging to anybody? You're just like, oh, by the way. Yep. And they're not. They're not listening, so it doesn't matter. Oh, no, they're definitely not listening. <laughs> no one. I have this thing where I'm like, I, I don't. I haven't been out for a while. Like, <laughs> so like, I know that there are some people who are still around, but I know like there are a bunch of pros who would listen and whatever. And I've just assumed everybody stopped. Yeah, that's what I assumed too. Yeah. Yeah. Because like like oh, we heard what you had to say. Yeah. Although I've had I've I, since I've returned to the show I've had pros contact me thanking me for kind words so they some are still listening so mm. well they have a lot of free time true yeah. not free time but they're drawing interest well yeah exactly background kind of thing yeah, yeah. so I, I mean obviously we know those of you who have been around even but there are even people who are like I don't know other than being fans of the show right and I know them on Twitter and Facebook or whatever and I assume they've stopped listening to you. yeah like, me I too don't, yeah. I don't want to assume that yep <laughs> like guy I've known for 10 years like no I don't I didn't listen you. if you're still listening to the show let Josh know send him a tweet let him know you're still listening <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, until next time I'm Ron <laughs> I'm Josh, I think you're listening. You